Welcome to The Ether. Today is Thursday, February 10th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have the Banky Twitter space with Anchor discussing exciting synergy between Avalanche and Terra Money, liquid staking, and the state of DeFi. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, uh, JD here from Banky. Uh, we're just going to give people a few minutes to join uh, before we get started. So hang tight. Uh, when People get online. We'll get going right on time here in about three or four minutes. On the Twitter spaces today, we're super. Most of you is from Anchor. And all right, all right. Everybody, good morning, afternoon, evening, good night, uh, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us on the Twitter spaces today. We're super excited to have our friends from Anchor and Terra to come join us, talking about a really cool collaboration. Uh, that we've announced a few days ago, and obviously hinting to the imminent launch here of liquid staking for the Avex token on Banky on Avalanche. And uh, we're going to get into a whole bunch of fun stuff around that today. But before we get going, uh, introduce myself, JD Gagnon. I am one of the founding members of Banky. Uh, most of you, you've been here before, have probably uh, heard me ramble on spaces Uh many times. But uh, here we are again, and we're here with uh, some guys that are a lot of fun, amazing to work with, um, and great partners of ours. And I will let them go one at a time, introduce themselves. And uh, I think we can maybe start with uh, Nate. Hey, guys, great to be here. Uh, Nate from TFL Anchor. I work closely on the Anchor protocol as a protocol researcher. Uh, This is probably one of the exciting most exciting things of the year by far. I know that we're not that far into the year, but we're just so ramped up about this. It's just really awesome. Can't wait to dive in more and get going on this. Sam from 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 Terra as well. Uh, run a couple of strategy things you know, for us on the team, and super super excited about this partnership. I uh, can't wait to see where it goes. 
Yeah, Zion from uh, TFL as well. I'm on the communications team. And uh, yeah, definitely just as excited as these guys to see the synergy between Avalanche, Banky, and uh, Anchor Protocol. Amazing. Okay, thanks, guys. So um, I'll quickly jump in for people on the spaces. Uh, so we've kind of co-marketed the spaces, and there's going to be uh, a recording, I believe, that will be circulated after. So there's probably people that are listening or that will listen uh, from you know different communities that may or may not know uh, what each of our respective brands uh, do. So Benki algorithmic liquidity or algorithmic lending protocol on Avalanche. Uh, we've been around for a bit. We've had a lot of fun, um, you know, scaling up as the Avalanche DeFi ecosystem has grown. And uh, one of the things that we promised from from early days was to be uh, a platform that supported uh, foundational products on Avalanche. And one of those foundational products for layer ones, especially proof of stake layer ones, is the opportunity to provide liquid staking. And so uh, a lot of what we're talking about today is regarding or starts with, I suppose, uh, S of Ox, which is our representative token for our liquid staking uh, component of the protocol. Uh, we'll get into what liquid staking is in, in a little bit, but uh, for people that don't know, but uh, it's it's pretty important. Uh, it was something that we've been working on for quite some time. I, I wish it was very simple, but it's not. And it's obviously really, really critical when we, when we roll out products like this um, that we spend extra time on security and on architecture and so on because the avalanche ecosystem really depends on you know a this capital efficiency but b that it works perfectly flawlessly is highly secure uh, and just does what it needs to and one of the next pieces of having a s of ox or liquid avax from liquid staking is what utility does that have beyond you know just holding it in your wallet. Uh, and that's where we started talking with our friends at Terra and, uh, and Anchor, and they obviously have some really cool ideas. And we said, hey, um, maybe there's an opportunity here to collaborate. What would that look like? Um, and we've been working with them for a while on something pretty cool. Before we get into the collaboration itself, uh, maybe one of, uh, one of you guys can share with the group uh, what is Anchor, what is Terra, just in case they don't know. Um, and maybe kind of just form the basis of the conversation for today. Yeah, sure. And I think I'll cover this. Zion cannot and Sam can add. Anchor is a savings and lendings protocol over on the Terra ecosystem. It kind of sets the stable de facto rate. It pays 20% on the earn side, which makes it a pretty convincing play to put some of your stable coins to earn some money there. But more importantly, on the borrow side, this is was really revolutionary when it launched the idea that you could actually deposit as collateral your proof of stake coins that are earning you a staking return and lower your cost of borrowing by capitalizing on that. So it sounds like a lot. It's kind of complicated here right off the top, but just really basic. It's like you're actually able to utilize the staking returns in your loan. And that's kind of revolutionary. You're starting to see other protocols start to work with this, but it just offers a new borrowing opportunity to a put your staking asset to use and then compound that return by borrowing a stable coin and deploying it in other yield bearing strategies. And maybe Sam or um, Zion might want to add anything more simple to that, or I missed anything there. Yeah, I'd, I'd no, no, to... certainly. 
uh, sorry, just one sec. I'd love to dig into this uh, from a you know a more detailed perspective in a second. Um, but yeah, if you can if you can jump high level, Sam or Zion, um, that would be great for now. Sure. I mean, high level and certainly what got me excited about the platform. And you know, I'm not I'm not a great Deegan. I don't like to click too many buttons and you know, jump through too many hoops. And so you know, when I found Anchor, it just made all the sense in the world to me. I come from a traditional background. Um, you know, you have some cash left over. You want to make some make some return on that. Uh, Anchor is kind of the, the most simple way, you know, throughout the entire crypto ecosystem, as far as I can tell, uh, you know, kind of, you know, you know, push your money to work, um, you know, all with, you know, very seamlessly one click button, a stable rate, uh, you know, it kind of goes up every day. There's not a lot of different things going on in the background to worry about. Um, so for me, at least, it was, a, it was a great intro to, you know, the, the broader terror system and, and certainly the broader the crypto ecosystem as well. Um, and so I think that's kind of, you know, our, our mentality at, you know, at Terra is, you know, make things as easy as possible, you know, kind of for our, our member base and really help them kind of, you know, branch out into some more sophisticated strategies, you know, whether that's borrowing on our strategy and then using those proceeds, uh, you know, to either increase leverage or to increase, you know, their income on some of their positions. Um, but, you know, kind of where it really starts is, hey, you have some UST, put it in here, earn a bunch of money. Yeah, no, I think they pretty much well covered, you know, what Anchor Protocol is and, and what it kind of represents. It's a really simple, uh, you know, savings protocol that people can utilize as an alternative to things like your traditional bank accounts that you're, you know, essentially losing money on due to inflation and depending on obviously the uh, area where you live. And so with Anchor, you know, you can earn your stable fixed yield on the savings side, and you can also borrow using these liquid staking derivatives like BLUNA, BETH, and now uh, SAVEX. All right. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I think if it was me and I didn't know what the heck was going on here, I'd probably look at this and say, okay, Avalanche and Terra, Banky and Anchor. Um, how does that make sense? Right. You're looking at two L1s and, you know, from a, from a distance, it looks like two somewhat lending protocols that without much investigation may look slightly competitive in different ways. Um, you know, how, Nate, maybe you're the best to, to speak on this, but uh, can you help people understand how this partnership was formed and, and why we all uh, got super excited when we first started talking about this and, and really what uh, what this meant for both ecosystems? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one one thing to look at is, right, this is not like a zero-sum game, which a lot of people tend to paint the picture as, right? There's so much upside potential in this industry. So that's that's one context to look at it in. Um, the more we can work synergistically together, the more we're going to be able to take market share from the TradFi space, right? That's that's one thing. To, that's one of the overarching contexts. But more importantly, just outside of that, it makes sense. If you could just you just boiled that away and forgot that argument. It makes a lot of sense because what we offer here over on the Terra ecosystem is A, you have UST, which is a decentralized stable coin that doesn't have all the risk inherent with something like the USDC, BUSD, UST. Um, and that's kind of important, but we also, as we talked about, allow the return to happen there. But more importantly, SAVAX is a fundamental part that's going to, a fundamental pillar that's being built on the AVAX ecosystem, but it needs utility, right? And that's what Anchor provides that utility. It allows you to borrow against that. It allows you to, in a way, 
help token emissions on the AVAX ecosystem. At the same time, that helps drive borrow demand for Anchor in that sense. So it's a win-win there. And we can dive into more of the granulars as we go on, but kind of at a high level, right? It, it creates a flywheel effect for both ecosystems. And I, I might have missed a few things because there's, there's a lot of things here that just make a lot of sense. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... Go ahead, man. Oh, ahead. sorry. I was going to add, add a little bit there in terms of, you know, we kind of see this as a, as a win-win-win for kind of everybody, including Maxi. Um, you know, most of my friends, right, they're not in one thing. They're in a lot of different stuff. And so if, you know, there's a protocol, if you're not kind of meeting folks, you know, where they're going, um, you know, I think, you know, A, that's a detriment to the protocol, but also I think, you know, we're able to open up each other's audiences to all the great stuff that exists on, you know, both of these platforms. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of people, I think outside the community think, hey, you know, it's this protocol, this, this protocol, or this protocol. But it's really, you know, I think once you get inside the community, everyone's really friendly, everyone's working together, everyone's really ideating and trying to get to you know, kind of an aggregate, um, you know, place. It's not, hey, I want this piece of the pie. It's let's all grow the pie together. And I think that's kind of a, an important, you know, piece to, to consider as, you know, we, we enter into a lot of these, um, you know, kind of friendly relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we, when we started talking about this, at least from our end, um, I mean, UST is obviously an asset that um, is gaining some serious traction. And as DeFi users, we're always looking for, you know, other other ways to spread risk amongst, Stable coins and other opportunities to find um, decent and predictable, consistent yield. And uh, I mean, UST is is a great option. Anchor has been around for a minute and has uh, some wonderful partnerships and uh, amazing, uh, even tradfi partnerships that that we think are you know fantastic for exposure to both ecosystems. Um, another thing that we talked about, guys, um, when when we were first kind of going through this partnership process was, um, you know, do we bridge the tokens over to uh, Terra? Do we bridge the, the liquid, the SFOX tokens over to Terra? Or do we, uh, in fact, spin up an instance of uh, Anchor on Avalanche? And maybe you guys can talk about kind of what that thought process was and, um, again, how we can uh, ensure that we're adding value to both ecosystems um, where one and one equals three here. Yeah, exactly. Where's the multiplier effect? Um yeah, we just look at it kind of as Sam said, too. It's like we look where the money is going. And so it's hard to pick just one. And this is DeFi. So you don't have to pick just one. Right. You could you could do both. Um, right. And with with bridges popping up, this this makes that possible. Right. We can allow users from the Avalanche ecosystem to bring their SAVEX over on a CW20 wrap standard through like wormhole and use that on the Terra ecosystem to, to borrow UST natively on Terra and then deploy that into strategies on the Terra ecosystem. So that opens up SAVAX's utility on the Terra ecosystem, which kind of compounds its utility. And then on the flip side, we can come over and we can build a native anchor on AVAX that then does the same type of opens up the same type of opportunity for capital efficiency with S AVAX on the AVAX ecosystem, right? Because now you can come over and don't even have to leave, right? You can just take your S AVAX, you can borrow against that, and then you can borrow AVAX wrapped UST and then go to Trader Joe and deploy that to 
get further yield. It's uh, just really interesting. And I don't think we have to pick one or the other because one or the other would only equal one. And I think this probably equals more than three when you look at the APYs that we can start reaching when we open up these opportunities. Yeah, that's a, a really good point. And I think, again, just to kind of hit hit that home a little bit from both perspectives, um, you know, it was important to us, obviously, uh, as Benke and as, you know, uh, Avalanche, uh, significant Avalanche participants, we wanted to make sure that um, we're creating with our SAVX token, and that's, I'm speaking from Benke's perspective, um, we wanted to create as much utility as possible. And that utility doesn't always stop inside of the Avalanche ecosystem. And in this case, um, it flows over into Terra. So users that want some, you know, to free up some of their uh, equity in their AVAX while still securing the network and still getting their delegation yield um, can go over and participate in the Terra ecosystem with uh, native UST should they, should they wish to do so. And you don't have to go through centralized exchanges and, you know, you don't have to go through uh, some complex uh, swaps or whatever it is to get certain assets into uh, usable assets on Terra. And the same thing um, exists if you want to use your uh, anchor on Avalanche, you don't have to leave the ecosystem to get the Avalanche wrapped UST. So we thought this is you know just an amazing way to kind of have your cake and eat it too, where you can secure the ecosystem, which is why many of us will hold AVAX probably indefinitely, at least I know I will. Um, if we believe in the future of the network, Obviously, we want to we want to delegate and we want to you know lead to further decentralization and and secure the network. But eventually, you know, your bags start to become quite valuable, and um, there's so many yield opportunities that that we want to capture. Another interesting point is at some point in the future, we talk about this instead of being highly competitive and fighting over different pieces of the pie. In fact, the pie is just growing, especially when we work together. Um, th- there's most likely one of those days in the future that a lot of this bridging and all of these things will likely be obfuscated, um, you know, kind of in the background of most of these protocols. And uh, once we have more interoperability um, tools and and different ways to do this super efficiently, um, you probably won't know as a DeFi user or won't need to know, um, you know, which underlying network is actually facilitating transactions and so on. Anyways, okay, so uh, I think we've kind of covered why we're all excited, um, especially with liquid staking uh, launch being imminent. Um, you know, people are first going to ask, okay, awesome, we have this liquid staking token, now what? Um, and so uh, this to us was a massive uh, opportunity and use case for, for the token. Uh, from Banky's perspective, so we're we're super excited to to be working with you guys. Maybe um, Nate or one of the other uh, guys from Anchor here. Maybe we could say uh, walk somebody through from like a user's perspective. Let's say that you're an Avalanche user, and let's just forget the total dollar value of Avex. But let's just say you're an Avalanche user. You're not super deep in DeFi, but you're hearing about all these cool yield strategies. Um, what does this actually mean from a practical perspective? Like, wh- what would you be doing? Let's say you've got enough AVEX, you've been validating for a while. Um, can you walk somebody through kind of slowly, simply, step by step, how this adds to their yield uh, yield opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. So if you 
traditionally, um, if you're if you're just staking AVAX, right, you're getting your staking return, and you're calling it a day. Um, that's not necessarily great. Or on the flip side, you want to go over to Trader Joe or one of the other um, yield farming platforms or other yield platforms on AVAX. You're then giving up your ability to earn that staking return, right? So that that's that's the key value proposition that Banky's offering, right? With us, AVAX is the ability to stake and get an S AVAX, which would compound the value of those staking returns in a liquid form. So you could take that and deploy it somewhere else. And so simply for the user, they could take that S AVAX and they can come over to Anchor. They can deposit that, meaning they're going to borrow against it. And so what would happen on AVAX is they would get, from a user standard, they would get UST, right? They, they don't know that this is a wrapped version on the back end. Just as you're saying, these are, these we're already in the process of obfuscating away these back end things, right? The user doesn't have to go to Terra and get native Terra and then send it back. No, they're just, they're taking that SAVAX natively on there and they're borrowing a certain percent of that in UST, right? So they're getting that UST in their MetaMask wallet or whatever wallet they're using. And from there, they can, they can go and do whatever strategy they wanted to do, right? Um, we just deployed a bunch of rewards, over uh, liquidity um, rewards over onto Trader Joe, right? So now with AVAX, uh, UST, you can get dual rewards, right? You can get Joe and you can get Luda rewards. So essentially, you could you could take that AVAX UST, um, you could put some AVAX in that pool, you could put that UST you borrowed in that pool, you could split it, whatever you want to do. You could put that in the pool and now you're earning, you know, it's like 60, 70% APY on top of that. The beautiful thing is that because you're putting your S AVAX into Anchor, we're we're putting those staking returns to use for you because they're auto compounding and we're lowering your cost to borrow to essentially zero, right? So now you're able to compound that yield and put it to work for you. Um, I'm not the guy that <laughs> put it simply, simply. So I'll I'll turn it over to Zion or Sam to maybe distill that down further into a more simple way. Yeah, hopefully it was, you know, clear, you know, the way that users will be able to use it. I mean, it's very similar to, you know, other borrowing experiences where you're depositing, you know, your collateral asset, and then you're able to borrow, in a, you know, a stable coin that you're able to deploy in different interesting ways in DeFi. And so a couple of the benefits that are not maybe, you know, readily known to people that are familiar with using collateral and then, you know, borrowing against it in this circumstances. In this circumstance, you have, you know, SAVAX, which is an asset that is compounding in value over time, which from a tax perspective is actually better than, uh, you know, staking traditionally, where you're not having an asset compound because, you know, depending on obviously your jurisdiction, you know, a compounding asset doesn't have a taxable event every time it compounds because it's just happening in the background for you. Um, and so in this circumstance, you know, it's a bit different than your traditional borrowing experience, but your collateral is going to be compounding in value over time. And then at the end, when you pay back your loan, you're going to be paying back your loan in the form of UST. 
and you'll use the compounding rewards that your SAVAX has accrued over the period of time that you've been borrowing to pay that back. And another nice thing about you know going through this process and you know using your AVAX collateral to borrow against and then deploy that in interesting ways in the DeFi ecosystems, whether it be on Avalanche or Terra, is you're able to uh, create, you're able to borrow against it and act, access new liquidity without needing to create a taxable event as well. So when you put your collateral in to borrow against it and you know you get access to you know what whether it be like a hundred or a few thousand or however much you know UST, that's not creating a taxable event when you do that. And obviously this isn't none of this is financial advice and you know I'm not a tax professional. So definitely uh you know talk to your tax professionals about it. But um you know, that's something that maybe not a lot of people are aware of is, you know, without needing to sell your AVAX, you're able to access liquidity from that using Anchor Protocol. And then you're able to use these stable coins to do interesting things and deploy it like Nate has talked about in different strategies in different places across these different DeFi ecosystems. Hopefully that makes sense and wasn't too uh, high level. Yeah, no, that that was great, my friend. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, when we conclude the spaces, we'll, you know, anybody that wants to grab more information, uh, first of all, we'll have opportunities for some questions. I think often we uh, we talk too much up until the end of the spaces, and then there's time for one or two questions. Maybe we'll leave a bit more time today um, because I think this is exciting. It's it's new for a lot of people um, in, in many cases, and I think it's worth exploring. Um, one thing that uh, you know a lot of people are excited about, especially with your other kind of versions of this, where you do, um, for example, um, your uh, Lido ETH um, similar situation. You know, there's an opportunity. Everybody's talking about this twenty percent yield opportunity uh, in addition to your staking yield, um, liquid staking yield. Uh, can one of you guys explain, hopefully in simple terms, kind of what that looks like and why that's um, so sought after? Sam, maybe you hit that. I think you could do a simple version of that. Is the question the is, is the question what when you when you deposit your collateral and borrow UST, then you deposit that UST uh, and earn twenty percent? Is that the, the strategy we're talking about? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So simply put, um, you know, kind of kind of you know, personally, what I do, and again, not financial advice in the least. Uh, but if you have, and for me, I was you know very very simple. I had a bunch of ETH sitting over on ETH, you know, on, on that chain, earning literally nothing, but, you know, definitely wanted to hold it a little bit. Uh, and then that way I was introduced to Anchor. I was, hey, what, what else can I do with this? How can I get, get more juice from this, but still maintain my exposure to that underlying asset? And so kind of what I did, you know, put it through Lido, um, you know, turn it into BETH. Now you have, right, still the underlying that, that goes up when, when that does. But now I have this asset that I can, you know, deposit onto, you know, Anchor. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I can then, you know, use that collateral to borrow UST, right? At the time it was up to 60%. And then you can take that UST and, you know, turn around very, very, you know, kind of low risk again, you know, not financial advice, uh, you know, drop that right into Anchor and earn 20%. And so now all of a sudden I don't just own ETH, right? I own ETH plus, right, a, a 6 to 8% coupon. Um, and so all of a sudden, right, I mean, that's, that's a clearly a win-win. Uh, I still get the exact same thing I had before. But now, in addition to that, right, I'm getting 8% a year, you know, just by moving over into this new ecosystem. And so just as a kind of, that's probably the, the, the simplest way to use the platform uh, and one of the, the, the least risky ways to do it, you know, while still maintaining your core exposure. 
And so the same thing with SAVAX, right? If you don't want to lose that underlying exposure because you believe in the product, you believe in the kind of ecosystem, you want to maintain that. But what else can I do with it? How can I leverage that to earn a little bit more, whether that's in a very, very risky way, as some folks do, or whether that's in a very low risk way, as some do. And even the lowest, you know, can still add, you know, five to 10% on top of what you're already getting for essentially, um, you know, very little risk. While we're on that top. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, ahead, man. No, go ahead, man. I was just going to say one other thing I wanted to add, uh, if people are not familiar with Anchor Protocol is on the borrow side, your interest rate that you put, you know pay, if you're familiar with like other borrowing and lending protocols, you know, typically you have, uh, you know, this interest rate that you're paying on your collateral um, and, you know, that's it. It's just whatever rate it is and you pay it. Um, on Anchor Protocol, we also have the ANC token, which supplements the borrow side of things. And so uh, you're actually earning the ink token uh, over time as you borrow. So that kind of reduces the interest rate that you need to pay and reduces the cost to borrow as well. So it makes it a more compelling proposition from a borrow perspective as well. Just wanted to mention that. Yeah. And, and we've seen times, um, it depends on market conditions, we've seen times where people are being paid to borrow, right? <laughs> um, and it sounds silly, but um, that's the way the market dynamics work because you're you're funding this with a yield bearing asset, right? You're borrowing with something that's generating return. So we put that to work. Um, and so right now the cost to borrow is around a few percent, but uh, depending on where the anchor price is um, and depending on how much borrow there is, we're kind of in a bit of a bear downturn right here. Once you move back into a bull market, it looks more it looks more prominent that you could be paid to borrow again. Awesome. Um, so one of the other things I think a lot of people think about, um, or at least I do, uh, when deploying assets is, you know, what other risk vectors are there um, in these types of scenarios? Just so that uh, we, we might get a few people listening to this going, holy crap, um, this sounds awesome. I can get my delegation yield from... Uh, securing the Avalanche network with my AVAX. I can then free up equity. I can take this to Anchor, deposit it, earn some yield there. I can borrow some um, I can borrow some UST and earn some yield there. This all sounds fantastic. Um, can you guys help kind of discuss some of the risk vectors that people should consider? Obviously not financial advice uh, in any way, shape or form, but uh, some of the technical risks potentially in this system um, and some of yeah, I suppose just some of the other considerations that people should, at the very least, be thinking about before they, uh, you know, put all their assets into strategies like this. Yeah, um, from a high level, let's just look at like this is a savings and lendings protocol in a way, right? It's a money market account. Um, so there's always those risks that exist in every financial market, right? There's the possibility of black swans, like bank runs. There's the possibility of you know, death spiral liquidations, that's on a higher level. Those are things I don't think we want to get into on this call. Those are things you can research. But on a on an optics level from a borrow side, you if you take out a loan, just in any other DeFi protocol, Ave, Compound, you name it, and you're you're putting down Banky, exactly, Banky, our best lending protocol next to Anchor. Um, you you borrow over collateralized, right? You actually have what is called a loan to value ratio, meaning you're putting up a percent more than you're actually borrowing. And because these collateral assets have market movements, 
that loan value um, will change. And so you have to be aware of liquidation levels because if you don't have enough collateral against that, you can be liquidated. So for instance, um, right now, our B Luna is a, a 80% LTV. And so if you drop below that and don't have enough collateral, what happens is it's liquidated. It's put out to a liquidation queue and liquidators then bid on that and allow your loan to be brought back up to the collateral ratio it should be, or if it drops way too low, you'll be completely liquidated. Um, you'll lose the premium that the bidder pays, but you'll get UST back. So essentially you won't get back your SA backs, you get UST back because you're liquidated. Um, but that's just maintaining your borrow. And so obviously you don't, just because you can have an 80% LTV doesn't mean you should do that, right? You want to buffer in what you feel safe at doing. Um, you could borrow maybe only 20% against that if you want to. Um, your, your yield is lower. Um, it's a risk reward. Um, and on the flip side, this also is interesting because it opens up opportunities for people on AVAX ecosystem to actually get SAVAX at a discount through the through the liquidation queue that we offer, right? So you can essentially use it to bid on market move. So if the market's downturning, you could put a bid in at a five, six percent discount and get SAVAX through the liquidation queue at a discount. So it works both ways. Opportunities all over. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, one other question. Um, I mean, for people that aren't familiar with UST, I mean, some of us are are excited about UST and, and really how it differentiates from other stables. I'm not sure if any of you want to talk about UST quickly and just why that's such an important piece of uh, anchor and, and why we keep talking about it. Does anybody want to take a crack at that? Zion's the master UST explainer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. So, you know, UST is the core underlying decentralized stable coin that exists on Terra. So, Terra creates and is a unique network in in this in many respects due to its ability to create these algorithmic decentralized stable coins like UST. So these mimic the value of a nation's currency. So in the case of UST, you know, it's representing the value of one US dollar. And so one UST should always equal one US dollar. And so some of the differences between something like UST and maybe something like USDT are things like its censorship resistance. So with USDT, you're exposed to the risk of you know, centralization with the company that's running it. Obviously there's a lot of, you know, with USDT in particular, there's a lot of uh, speculation and you know, concern around the assets that are backing, quote unquote, backing the USDT that's being minted, right? And so with UST, the difference there is um, this is actually created through a process of burning the cryptocurrency on Terra known as Luna. So for every UST that's minted, you need to burn some amount of Luna. So as the demand for UST goes up over time, we're burning more Luna to actually mint that UST and put it into circulation for people to use on things like Avalanche or uh, other chains as well. And so from a user's perspective, uh, a couple of the main benefits for UST are things like censorship resistance as well. So you don't have to worry about, you know, a centralized party, you know, 
coming in or like a regulator coming in and trying to censor, you know, the money or change things about it. You know, some of the properties are like inflated away, like in the case of the U.S., you know, uh, I'm from the U.S. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, concern around the U.S. dollar and inflation nowadays. And so with UST, you don't need to worry about that. Um, and it's also, you know, a cryptocurrency that you can utilize as money throughout these different DeFi ecosystems and not need to worry about the fluctuations in price. Because if you want to get exposure to uh, that side of things, you can always hold Luna. And so it's kind of this ingenious mechanism between Luna and UST, where if you want to get exposure to the demand fluctuations for it, you can uh, hold Luna. And if you want to uh, utilize something like a US dollar within the DeFi ecosystem, or if you want to, let's say, you know, you have a savings account today that you want to convert to a yield that's actually generating consistent returns for you versus losing purchasing power due to something like inflation, you can convert your US dollars to UST. And in the future, on Terra specifically, there's going to be a lot of uh, what's known as fiat on and off ramps that'll enable you to do this. Um, and you'll be able to convert your US dollars to UST and then deposit them into something like Anchor Protocol. And now you have you know, a significantly higher yield on your savings and you're earning you know, 20% fixed interest on your savings versus you know, like for me in my bank account, it's like 0.5% interest. And so the, the high level overview is you know, UST is a decentralized algorithmic stablecoin for a decentralized economy. And it has a lot of different benefits that these other tokens, even decentralized cryptocurrency, uh, decentralized stablecoins like DAI don't have because of its uh, collateralization and the assets that are collateralizing it, like USDC, which is still a centralized stablecoin with centralization issues. And so I think as people start to learn more about the different options available to them in the DeFi space, and they start to see you know, that a decentralized economy actually does need a decentralized money. Uh, UST becomes uh, it it, start, it starts it starts to come into focus as the de facto standard for what people uh, can utilize to get these different benefits. Awesome, thanks, Ian. Uh, one quick point about inflation, just to make sure everyone's on the, on the same page here. Uh, UST is one to one with the US dollar. So if the US dollar loses seven percent, UST right year over year will also lose seven percent in real purchasing power. I think what Zion was kind of hinting at is that. Sure, you're going to lose seven percent anyway, but you might as well earn twenty percent on the other side, and there you're still, you know, net thirteen percent positive, even if inflation is seven percent. Um, so, so inflation is still not protected, um, but the high yield that you can get does offer some protection against that inflation if you do that. Awesome, thanks, guys. Um, so, if, if people want uh, to get a little bit more information on UST, um, obviously, make sure you go and do some research on that. Uh, is probably the best suggestion we can give here. Um, and uh, again, we'll have opportunities, I think, for people to ask questions here in a couple of minutes, uh, maybe with respect to Anchor um, and UST in general, we'll hopefully be able to field some of those, but uh, there's probably not enough time. I think it's really worth people spending some time looking into how Anchor works, how lending works. If you don't know, um, if you're here because you're familiar with Banky, it's relatively similar, but there is some nuance. Um, so definitely worth looking into uh, the differences uh, between Banky and Anchor and exactly what, what is going on uh, in the lending markets. Anyways, uh, we'll kind of move away from some of that technical stuff. Uh, let's see if I can drag some alpha 
out of you guys. Um, when <laughs> S, when S Avax support, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. So as the as that question goes, the when when when, um, we'll never really answer that. <laughs> no, but uh, we're hard at work here building new contracts, bringing Anchor cross chain. Um, the the thing is audits right now are a pain in the ass because there's not enough auditors and they're taking forever. So we're trying to find a quicker way to get things through audits and things like that. Um, and we could spin it a little bit too when SAVAX, <laughs> spin it back at you. Um, but we're looking at like ideally Q1 type of thing here. Um, we're, we're redoing some of the contracts on Anchor to make it quicker to add new collateral types over on the Terra side. And as soon as um, Anchor AVAX is launched over on the AVAX side, um, it'll be quick and easy to do as well. But yeah, we're we're looking at early this year as, as the best alpha I can get. So at least we're not saying like, hey, this is October of this year or something like that. It's something you can mark on your calendars. Uh, I, I was I was going to be hilarious and and pin you down, but maybe uh, maybe we'll leave it. Um, yeah, I think it's something we've been working together on. Um, for longer than people might think, just in terms of um, what both parties can do for composability and, and how we can um, help each other get to uh, a fairly expeditious release of this type of thing. Um, obviously, it's exciting. Uh, at Banky, we're working on a, a lot of integrations and collaborations for SAVX, but uh, nothing comes close to uh, our relationship, I think, in the short term anyways, with with Anchor. Um, it's it's yeah also- yeah we could say the same thing like this this is the best partnership relationship that we form with anchor to date too i just want to make that clear like we we both are like patting each other on the back right <laughs> <laughs> it, it was weird it was one of those like holy shit this this is a win for us and avalanche um and this is a win for for ust and terra and anchor and uh, um, it's it's really exciting when you get into conversations where in fact um both parties end up better off. Uh, so it's pretty exciting. Um, I think a couple more questions for you guys. Um, the first one is uh, any other kind of alpha excitement, things you want to pump up that Anchor's working on um, while you're here, you've got an audience, uh, maybe spend a minute shilling some cool stuff that's coming up for you guys. <laughs> All right, I'll drop a little bit of alpha. Um, new tokenomics model and the works. Um, We'll, we'll drop more on that in the coming weeks. That's about all I'll say. Um, and so be interested to see there. Um, putting more utility into the Anchor token is what I'll say. Um, a lot of great ecosystem players coming together on this one too. So that's a little more alpha, right? This is just isn't an Anchor community thing. This is a Terra ecosystem coming together. So that's pretty cool. Um, and what I find kind of cool is we're doing a community audit um, so Code Farina in two weeks will be doing an audit on Anchor, but it's going to source um, community auditors as opposed to an actual audit agency. So community hackers can come in, try to hack the code, um, get that going. We're we'll doing a really cool um, security AMA next week to cover that. Um, insurance is coming to, or should I say assurance um, through Risk Harbor is coming uh, as well for deposits. So there's some cool things in the pipelines um, coming out. And we'll also be going to other chains as well. Those are all things on the list, but AVAX first. (laughs) 
Awesome. Yeah. For people that didn't catch that, um, I'd suggest going and harassing uh, the anchor guys or at least reading up on their, you know, their posts and announcements and stuff. Cause that, that's probably going to be pretty cool. Um, uh, I think definitely worth looking at in terms of how the space is going to evolve from a DeFi perspective and token utility and all of these fun things. Um, anyways, we can, we can leave that there. One last question for you guys um, I think is uh, maybe something a little bit more macro. Uh, if someone wants to take a kick at the, what does the future of DeFi look like uh, in in your mind? You know, what 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 should people be excited about? I mean, we hear a lot about you know the regulatory stuff and and executive orders in the U.S. and all this other crap, and we hear about um, a, a lot of the kind of typical FUD cycles and market cycles and when bear and all this other nonsense. Um, what are you guys most excited about? What's the future look like for DeFi? Uh, how do you think that translates to users and and growth of the space? It starts with like what we're doing here and it's a little sticky now and we're handling the back end, but this cross chain stuff is really what's starting to excite me is the possibilities this opens up. And so this is really just the beginning. It's eventually, like you said, it's going to be obfuscated away where you can essentially go to any chain and deploy whatever yield bearing strategy you want. So it starts to open up a lot of yield opportunities. It starts to open up a lot more use cases. It starts to level the playing fields a bit. It starts to make protocols have to be more competitive because they're not just in their own little uh, bubble ecosystem anymore. Um, so, so that's something I'm really looking at is this cross-chain bridges um, and how that plays out, how they get more efficient, how they make it more seamless, how people build with that. Um, also looking at uh, wallets, I think that's something else that is on the radar to change, you know, becoming easier for mainstream users uh, to use, you know, seedless wallet creation and, and guardian recovery, multi-sig capabilities, all those things. And lastly, um, fiat on-ramps is something that a lot of big layer ones are looking at how to get more money seamlessly onto the ecosystem. And I think this is going to be the year where we start to see that happen. It's already happening really rapidly. Yeah, just to piggyback a bit on that. And I think to sum it all up is what Nate was saying is like, we need to make it easier. Um, you know, I was reading a tweet the other day. It was like, you know, you don't learn Web3 by reading a book. You learn it by getting a MetaMask account and bridging and buying this and going to Bistex. But like, why do you have to do all that? <laughs> it's, it's like pretty complicated. We really think we're going to get, you know, billions of people onboarded. You know, they're not going to click 20 buttons and, and go through your right, hoops and jumps and, and fire hoses. Uh, you know, just to actually get to the finish line. Uh, so I think it you know behooves you know us internally, right, at the you know, and all the other chains um, to figure out how to like reduce the number of clicks, how to make it appealing, um, you know, how to how to make it seamless on ramps. Uh, and and we don't want people talking about Ethereum or or Bitcoin or Avalanche or right. Polka. We want people talking about Anchor and Banky and the apps and right the end goal. Right? What are you actually trying to do in this ecosystem? Um, and I think that's I think what what a little bit of it that's missing. Um, to kind of get right the, the normies, if you will, interested in this space, right? What is the end result and how do you get there as quickly and easily? as Amazing. Thanks, guys. Um, super exciting times ahead. I think we're all, uh, you know, especially as builders in the space, looking for a lot of these, um, you know, infrastructure pieces and, and just really making the user experience. I think um, going forward, user experience is a, a big focus for all of us and, and for every layer one, like you said, 
on ramps are a big thing, you know, not having to use a million centralized exchanges and all these different wallets and bridges and uh, all of this crazy stuff. Um, once we can continue, or not once we can, but while we continue to make that uh, a lot more user friendly, I think it just opens up a massive amount of opportunity for um, you know the masses to come on and take advantage of of what we're all trying to build. We're trying to build um, proper yield opportunities, proper investment opportunities um, for users, where they can come and actually earn money with their money, as opposed to um, you know losing so much to inflation, which again is a whole other conversation. Um, but anyways, uh, let, let's let's leave that there for now. Maybe we can <laughs> we can jump on another call and talk about the future of DeFi someday. Um, but we've got a few people with questions. Um, hopefully, uh, we can we can get some of those covered. I see there's quite a few people actually uh, listening to this spaces. Um, so you know, if you guys have questions, uh, request to be a speaker. Happy to have you on. Ask hopefully just one question, but. Uh, if we have time, we'll keep going um, and get people chatting. So I think uh, we have got, let's go with. Uh, I just Burke. brought up uh, Shahab here. Oh, oh, you're one step ahead of me. Awesome. Yes. My question is regarding the LTV. At the moment in um, Anchor, BEF is at 80% and B, uh, no, BEF is at 60% and BLUNA at 80 What will be the initial SAVEX or BAVEX LTV be? It's a good question, um, and that's something that we're going to work closely with Banky on. We had to look at the liquidity levels behind us, AVAX, um, and the most prudent thing to do, just like um, Luna started off at 50%, actually. Um, I don't think we'll go that low. I think there'll be sufficient liquidity behind it. We'll explore it. It's going to be probably somewhere between 60 or 70. That's We haven't modeled it out. We will model it out. We're going to look at data. We're going to look at predictors. Um, to make sure it's safe and you know we'll, we'll deploy that for a few months and if everything looks good we'll run some more modeling and ideally get it up closer to what luna's at but it all depends on the liquidity behind it and building up the liquidation queue make sure there's deep enough liquidity between avex s avex making sure there's enough bids on the on the liquidity uh liquidation queue and that that'll that'll lay the framework for that it's a good question, my friend. Uh, it, it's also something that we're thinking about at Banky. Um, you know, one of one of our responsibilities is making sure that there's uh, second order liquidity for S Avex Avex. Um, so we'll be doing some interesting stuff prior to the launch of um, Anchor support um, to make sure that we get that up uh, to a really healthy rate. Uh, so it makes it easy for for the anchor guys to assess risk and, and make those decisions. So keep an eye out when we do launch, there'll be some, some awesome opportunities for that liquidity pool um, and, and how we bootstrap that quickly and, and make sure it's robust with lots of users and, and not centralized liquidity. So good question. Um, thanks for that. Okay, next person I saw here for a bit was Furcon. Um, I will add you right now, my friend. He's just connecting. Wow, this is slow. All right, I'm gonna add. Uh, I'm gonna add Brad next. Um, don't unmute yourself, Brad, until uh, until I call on you, please. But uh, we'll get this connecting business out of the way here. All right. Well, we lost. Uh, we lost Furkan. It looks like so. Uh, Brad, if you want to unmute my friend, what's your question? Oh, got it. Yeah, I was just asking. Is that me? Um, yes. Someone mentioned uh, that it's complicated for the masses to bring in a billion people uh, per se. Uh, things need to be are less complicated, simplified, right? Um, 
but going through the YouTube videos, until that happens, you've got a lot of independent YouTube video makers that give instructions, um, tutorials. Is there any kind of um, ideas in the works from you guys as experts to deliver very concise, clear videos until then, perhaps coming up in search engines? Um, you know, with just slides and very concise messages of, hey, this is how you wrap AVAX and this is how you send this here and this is how you connect. I've just found the there are some good videos, but I feel like just the tutorials um, could be more clear. After I've gone through things and, and done things, I thought, how easy was that? You know, it's, I think it's the way people are, are tutored through this. What, what do you think about that? I think you're spot on, Brad. Um, you know, to your first point, there's amazing, amazing community-sponsored content out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, th- chances are what you're looking for is there, but like, how the hell do you find it, right? To your point, there's so much out there. What's good, what's bad, who's curating it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is definitely a, a problem, you know, not just for us, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm trying to learn other stuff in the industry too. Mm-hmm. The best I can do is, you know, go find some random YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, I, I do, you know, maybe, maybe Zion can speak a little bit to maybe some, some more efforts internally that we're doing to basically try and better communicate. And I think, you know, certainly these AMAs, um, hopefully are helping a little bit trying to, to open up kind of, you know, the internal folks, you know, to the, to the, you know, the, the folks who want to ask questions. Mm. Um, but yeah, they don't have a great solution for you at the moment, but, but definitely an issue that, that we all know exists, um, mm. and definitely iterating on, on ways to basically mitigate those those problems yeah i found with that it's just that sometimes it could be the simplest thing it's just the time involved to get the right information and you're like oh well i've just got this project running or i'm doing this or that oh i don't have time for that now and you type in a few words for 10 minutes and you're like oh, i can't find it today i'll leave it till another day and then at the end of it you think oh i should have done that a month ago how easy was that if i could only find that sooner if there were some really good clear indexing um i think and it is, as you've, you've agreed, it's the community doing some good videos and some aren't that clear. And if there were a way to get those tags, meta tags or indexes um, more directly, um, and that'd even be great for me, um, including everyone else. I, I think it's an interesting thought, Brad. Um, some of the challenges I think we see with the YouTubers is the economic models around doing these videos, right? So a lot of a lot of the YouTubers that provide information, um, they're compensated via uh, ad revenue uh, if they can get it from YouTube, or they're compens- they're compensated from um, project sponsored ad spots, right? Yep. Uh, most of them are usually pretty open about that, especially if they're in the U.S. because they have to be. Um, but it, it's an interesting economic model because if you want to do that service for the community, um, you have to try to find a way to make money because if you're in the space, you can make money in other ways. Uh, I think it'd be really cool to see a community run project, you might even be able to build an economic model around it with a token or something. I have no idea how to do this, nor am I going to do it. But um, I think it would be interesting to build a project that has some form of um, validation uh, of some of these things and some some consistency and quality that isn't driven by revenue from advertisers. I think that'd be really neat. Right. Um, on that, point, well, I can I can I can give something real quick. Donku, who's in the house right now is one of our best community um, content creators on YouTube, and he's launched a great way to do this. He's launched a validator on Terra to actually use the validator rewards to help pay his, his content creation. Amazing. Um, 
Yeah, and I think, you know, in the interim, uh, check check him out. I, I don't know if he's in the chat here or something. Maybe check him out, Donku. Um, I see him there. Um, yeah, maybe check out his, his work. I think that's uh, obviously from the Terra Anchor side. Um, I think all of us as protocols probably should take a little bit more responsibility um, in in putting out some some user content. Um, it's a huge lift while we're all trying to you know build and evolve the protocols as fast as we can. But I think it's it's definitely something that's on our radar uh, at Banky. And as we add you know more product lines and uh, make things a little more uh, I don't know the right word for it a little deeper in terms of complexity and and all the things you can do on the on the protocol. Um, I think there's probably some responsibility that we should all take in the meantime. But man, I would love to see. I've got some ideas uh, on this. Just no time to do it. But uh, I'd love to see a, a a macro project that works. You know, just on kind of like a Wikipedia for for crypto that's curated and, and high quality and quick enough that that indexes concepts in a meaningful way. Uh, I think would be really cool. Uh, without you know, without users, the other way is people create these courses, right? Um, you know how to make. And they use these crazy taglines: "How to make a million dollars in a week in crypto," and "Pay me two thousand, <laughs> pay me two thousand dollars to to watch my video and to look at my drawing lines on charts and see how to make money." I think that's unfortunate because a lot of people are led astray. And seeing something that's that's a lot more educational focus would be pretty cool. But I think that starts in the meantime with with some of us and some community members. Like, uh, thank you. He's laughing uh, at this. It's funny because I think you know. We've all bought courses like that at some point, or maybe it's just, maybe I'm the only idiot in the room, but uh, anyways, always a good time. <laughs> uh, good, good question, Brad. Hopefully we, hopefully we helped answer that a little bit. I think it is, it is a frustration for a lot of new people. I mean, all of us that have been in the space for years have people in our networks, you know, personal networks that, that are like, Hey, you know, teach me how to teach me how to do this, teach me how to do that. And it just, it feels almost overwhelming. Like you have to handhold somebody for like six months to, you know, to help them understand what's going on. So um, very good point. Definitely something that the space needs to work on. Uh, would love to see, you know, people jump on and try to create a project around it. Uh, anything else on that question, Brad, before uh, we bring someone else that's up? That's all. I, I found the token. I, obviously, um, I have it and I've used the yield platform um, delegating. Uh, and I've just found it very easy and I thought, oh, wow, this is what everyone was looking for. Uh, cheap to send, very efficient, um, and pretty easy to use once you've followed the, a little tutorial or you've had a chat with someone. So, uh, I think it's pretty much what everyone's itching to get their hands on if they know how to do it. That's about it. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Um, I think we're going to go to broke boys next. Broke boys. If you are there, I made you a speaker. No, no broke boys. I think we should just go to the next one. Yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, it is Peronista is coming up. It's just connecting. And then we'll go to Alex after. Peronista, if you want to go, my friend. Holy cow. Okay, Alex. Alex, are you there? Can you hear me? I yes, I can hear you. This is the first time actually I'm a, <laughs> a speaker. Um, guys, are you going to do anything with self-repaying loans? That's something that's very interesting. Looking at, for example, uh, Alchemix on Ethereum. And also, I think more money is doing something with that on Avalanche. They're also new. I was just wondering, because you said um, the, uh, the S-Avax can be staked 
on Anchor, if I'm not mistaken, and then you can borrow UST. So the first question I have in mind is, am I paying an API? Am I paying anything for borrowing UST? Or uh, can it be turned into a self-repaying uh, um, yeah, well, loan, if you like? That's my question. Yeah, um, so they're kind of different models. Let's be clear. A lot of the self-low-paying lo loans have a really high collateralization rate. But, I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's a great option to do if you want to like really lever up on your collateral side. Anchor is a much lower collateral rate, and we offer, you know, close to zero or slightly negative interest rates sometimes, meaning you get paid to borrow a little bit. So you can see that if if the loan rate is actually paying you to borrow, then yes, that's slightly repaying in a way. Um, and if it's not, it's it's a little it's it's been hovering between like three and positive two percent over the last over the course of the um, anchor so far. And awesome. yeah, no plans to really move into that model just because we're looking for capital efficiency and there's other people building these things that are doing that model. Right. Uh, right. Just, to add, just, just to add to that a little bit, um, you, you know, the environments where you get paid to borrow, if you think of this from like a pure uh, mechanics perspective, uh, I mean, in the long run, the capital efficiency and just the way that the markets work, um, borrowing has to cost money. Um, it, it, it's the economic uh, structure of a, of a borrow lend protocol of course and so when you see um getting when you see that you're getting paid to borrow there's usually other things that are happening via liquidity mining or other incentives that are being added um to bootstrap utilization and so i mean that's that's super interesting there's other things that that uh, these other platforms are doing in some ways and i think nate um kind of hit on that a little bit but um yeah, just keep that in mind that if you're getting paid to borrow, um, don't lever yourself all the way up to the max, because in many cases that will be arbitraged uh, away at some point um, where, in fact, it does cost uh, a small amount to borrow. And then where you're earning on that those borrowed assets is actually in a, in a second order strategy. So you're taking those borrowed assets and uh, deriving yield in different ways, possibly on different platforms. Um, and then you would have to bring that back to anchor and, and pay down your loan that way with that yield. So uh, just things to consider. I think we've all been kind of, um, well, blessed. And I think maybe um, <laughs> in some ways, uh, probably misled in, into the long-term viability of these platforms that um, not only can I deposit money and get paid, but I can borrow money and get paid to do so. Uh, from a pure economic perspective, that's not sustainable uh, You know, over the next number of years uh, in a meaningful way with with high liquidity. Um, so just something to keep in mind, if, if you are borrowing and if you are you know, looping or, or trying to fold strategies in that way because you're getting paid to borrow, uh, just be conscious that that um, abruptly can change as, as that gets arbitraged down. Thank you, guys. Okay, thanks, Alex. Uh, we've got Ar Arkrov uh, next, Arkrov. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I'm one of the newer people that y'all are trying to bring into the system, and I'm, I'm hardcore USDC staking. I've been watching since March, April, on and off. So I just called and I saw this pop up. So everything is sounding real good. Um, the bringing on extra assets to borrow against is that going? Is that what is supposed to fix the the reserve depletion that's constantly going on? And then when I came into the system also, just trying to find the difference between like ERC-20 and the, the native asset, like the other uh, speaker was talking about, 
like an FAQ of like what exchanges, what CEX is and what assets can they handle and which ones won't. Um, like a little cheat sheet would help bringing people in also. And then, so I played with the terror station and, you know, it was many steps to get there kind of fumbling around. And now I'm on an ERC 20 uh, staking UST, which has eliminated on a CEX, which has eliminated one or two steps for me because off ramping so huge. And I heard y'all talk about on and off ramps coming up anchors. So that'd be a big bonus. And then, um, at the let's see, stablecoin FUD is what terrorizes me the most out of anything. So, as someone looking to move a lot of my wealth onto UST from USDC, um, it is is the future bright with these collateral assets? And I guess the reserve pool is refilled by a pocket of money by the creators of UST. Uh, so, I'm guessing if that doesn't fix the the uh, depletion rate, does it eventually fail or? Uh, you got a lot packed in there. I'll try to, <laughs> I'll try to, I'll try to unpack some of that. Um, Risk management. A, no. <laughs> yeah. A. Um, so yes, the borrow is what pumps the yield reserve. Um, so currently there are way more deposits, partly because anchors just not moving cross chain quick enough. That's simply put. Um, yeah. As we move more cross chain we can get more borrow on there um, that can help no it doesn't break um, the yield reserve is just a fancy mechanism to show that the protocol has grown too quickly right there's a cost of growth we went from um, a few million dollars all the way to 10 12 billion dollars of uh, value on anchor which is pretty substantial uh, in a short period of time so that kind of growth costs money um, and that's kind of where the yield reserve is at. If the yield reserve runs out, it just goes to an Ave style rate, which is still going to be relatively high. Um, and on ramps, off ramps, all that stuff. Um, yeah, we're working hard at Anchor to bring it cross chain so that none of this stuff has to happen anymore. <laughs> okay, perfect. So we'll drop down. You, we, if it breaks, um, it'll just drop down to normal stablecoin rates in the market, something like that. But eventually the founders or the UST won't ever be replenished at some point for the, the pool money to keep throwing at it. Or You're talking about the yield reserve? Uh, yeah, the, the continuing support of it and then just... Well, it's not necessarily the found. It's not the founders. It's There's a grant out there that's proposed okay. to come out from the LFG Foundation, which supports the ecosystem. So that's what's looking to put some money in there to get this and, and there's a sustainable growth plan laid out with all of that. Yeah. I think, you know, that, that just to, to keep in, keep in mind, anchor had nothing to do you know, with that replenishment. Um, that was, you know, all driven kind of by the, the, the Luna Terra ecosystem. And I think the communities over there realized that anchor is kind of important. Uh, and so it was a proposal on that side of the house, you know, that, that kind of wrote it up and everyone over there agreed. Yes. You know, <laughs> we love this community. Anchor is certainly a big part about it. Uh, they've grown very, very quickly, which you know should be commended. Um, but they probably need a little bit more time, uh, you know, kind of to write the house and, and make sure it's all, uh, you know, working as it's supposed to. Uh, whether it's six months, nine months, twelve months, you know, who knows. Um, but, but I think it was a, it was a community approach, um, you know, not necessarily anchor driven. Gotcha. Thanks for answering my question, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, okay, guys, uh, we've gone actually past our hour here, so uh, thanks everybody for the questions. Uh, just one kind of quick final thought, uh, at least from our side, 
Make sure if you're not currently following us uh, on Twitter, follow our Banky Twitter. Our announcements of the imminent launch of Liquid Staking uh, will come through Twitter and, of course, through our Telegrams. Uh, Anchor guys, uh, what's the best way to follow you guys and, and figure out um, you know, more information about how things are going to work here? Uh, where can people get information and ask you more questions if they have them? Yeah, definitely. So you can follow us on Twitter here, uh, you know, and then also uh, as far as more information on Anchor Protocol, uh, we have a great documentation team that has put together some great docs for Anchor Protocol. So you can check that out. Uh, just look up, you know, go to our website and then go to the docs section and you'll be able to learn all the ins and outs of Anchor Protocol. You know, like how does the 20% come to be? How does borrow side work? All sorts of stuff like that. So check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. We really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Uh, have a wicked end of the week. If anybody's in Denver um, for ETH Denver, uh, some of us will be floating around. Uh, you know, come say hi. And we can definitely chat a little bit more about this. And we will talk to everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was a space hosted by Banky with Anchor talking about the exciting synergy between Avalanche, AVAX, Terra Money, Liquid Staking, and the state of DeFi. Recorded on Thursday, February 10th, 2022. This episode of the Ether is brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Visit OC's What We Do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources, including weekly meetups to discuss Terra protocols, strategies, and concepts, the Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, and YouTube explainer videos on Terra concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol, and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at wefund.app. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Rolling down the street in my 6 foe. I never had a 6 foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I got a missus. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like
this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kinda running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven times space while the wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nicks Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Totally gonna take care of Angela, man. He's he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Ten spaces.